And that's advice that I always give designers to stay true to what you believe in. And when you have an idea and when you have a vision, go with it 100%. So I was like, F this. I am going to just do something crazy and I'm going to go for it. Today on the Wingnut Social Podcast, we have an extra special Friday bonus episode live, kind of, from High Point with Sasha Bykoff. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your interior design business? Then welcome to Wingnut Social, the podcast specifically designed to accelerate your business through increased social media presence, impactful online content, and translating industry experience into physical success. This is your design business tightly fastened. Now welcome the hosts of Wingnut Social, Darla Powell and Natalie Graff. Hey there, and welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast Special Friday Bonus Episode. I am your host, the Grand High Poopah of all things Wingnut, Darla Jethro Powell, and I am joined by the snarly ginger. Oh, the ginger turkey. Nat- oh yes, Happy November first, people. Yeah, the ginger turkey, Natalie and Graf, aka the Nag. We're still recovering from High Point. We are. I feel hungover. <laughs> like, still I feel hungover. Like, I feel like overwhelmed, hungover. I have so many emails to reply to. It's like insane. That's a good thing. It is. So I'm not complaining. Today's the first day I'm back on my diet. I did have like a little three-day post-high point little Debbie cake binge. Oh, you ate everything in sight. <laughs> I really ate, drank. It didn't matter. <laughs> I think I had two gallons of ice cream in the freezer. They're gone. Let's see. She had a pint of ice cream on the way home from high point. We had to stop <laughs> at a store so she could get a pint of ice cream. She ate the entire thing. I know, but now the diet's back on because on November 7th, we're at the Dakota Fall Market. We're doing a live podcast from there at 2 p.m. on biophilic design. Do you know what that is even? You're about to find out. I am. I'm going to learn quickly. Because you're co-hosting that also. And you guys can find out more about that by going to dcotadesign.wixsite. That's W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com. And that will be in the show notes for you as well. So don't worry about having to remember that. Good, because I don't. And neither do you, because you have to look it up every time. But that's okay. <laughs> I know I do. So, Natalie, we actually had an amazing opportunity at Curry & Company at this High Point Market to interview Sasha Bykoff, thanks to Beth Ann Matari, who is the Grand High Poobah of all things Curry. She's amazing. She is amazing. How much do I love her? You do. But let's talk a little bit more about my new little crush, my design crush, Sasha Bykoff. Oh, yeah. She was fabulous. She was amazing. How good was she? So down to earth and so natural on the podcast and the installation that she did there. I don't know how many listening actually got to see it live and in person. The photos didn't do it justice. It was really brilliant. I loved her. She was great. Definitely one of our people. Absolutely. (laughs) It was pretty cool seeing all that. And I I do agree with you, Darla. I don't think the photos are even going to touch what it looked like in person. All right, so we had a tremendous opportunity. We got to sit down in the Curry and Company showroom and talk to Sasha Bykoff about her process, her design for this installation at Curry and Company. We talked to her about her show house, gosh, that viral staircase at the uh, Kipps Bay show house in New York, and about her journey, how it was that at the ripe old age of 32, she's received so much renown and traction and one bazillion Instagram followers. <laughs> she's really amazing, and she totally was a great sport before. The interview, she warmed up a little bit by singing some Backstreet Boys. 
Louise, <laughs> which if you stay tuned to the end, that might be in the bloopers. You might get to hear her lovely singing voice. So let me tell you a little bit more about Sasha Bykoff before we go into our interview. Sasha Bykoff is known for her balanced understanding of design, flawless execution, and technical know-how sculpted from her vast worldly exploits and experiences. Her style is heavily influenced by the multicultural flavors of her hometown, New York City, and from her experiences traveling abroad. She studied at George Washington University and at the American University in Paris with a background in fine arts and art history. She began her career at Chelsea's Gagosian Gallery before establishing her own interior design firm. Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Sasha Bykoff to the Wingnuts Social Podcast. Hey there, Sasha Bykoff. Welcome to the Wingnuts Social Podcast. How the hell are you? I'm so good, and I'm so happy to be here with you, ladies. Oh uh, well, we're Been waiting all day for this. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> like literally, it's literally. Like, when are you guys going to get to this already? For God's sake, get okay, it's over with. So for the <laughs> for the wingnuts listening, we are right now at High Point Market Fall Market in 2019. We are at Curry and Company Showroom, and we are at this. How do I describe this? bodacious, extravagant, gorgeous installation by the fabulous Sasha Bykoff at Curry & Company, who has, let's see, retranslated, reinterpreted some of Curry & Company's pieces here in her own vision, her own style. So we're going to find out a little bit more about that. And we're going to dive in more importantly and see how the hell she got that connection with Curry & Company to be here yeah. and to get this kind of exposure. And Hello, she has yes. a new product line coming out. Oh, well, yes, we know that. Do we know that? We do. Does we the are, audience know that? Not yet. But or we're telling them that because they this are, is a hello podcast. Okay. If they don't know, now they know. <laughs> oh, they're going to know. They're going to oh, know. They're gonna oh, yeah. They're about to find out. Okay. So, Sasha, this is stunning. This is absolutely amazing. And before we sat down for this interview, we got a little private tour, a little personal tour with you, and you walked us through it. Thank you so much for that. But tell the listeners what this is about. Well, how did this come about? We are in the Botticelli Primavera Enchanted Garden. It's a fully black velvet tented space with lighting that's hung above the tent in all different colors and we have trees and we have little mandarin oranges and we have leaves and it's a very Italian Renaissance space and we're currently sitting on faux bois painted furniture in all different colors and essentially... I was looking for a lighting license. I really wanted to do a lighting collection and my agents contacted Curry and immediately um, Cecil is the creative director of Curry. He knew who I was. Brown Lee Curry knew about me and they, you know, wanted to meet me and talk a little bit about a collection. So Cecil actually came to Milan to see me at my Versace installation during Salon de Mobile. And um, I took him around the Via Gesù, which is the Versace mansion. And I showed him how I transformed the entire space. And he was kind of blown away. And we hit it off right away. And I've always loved curry products. And I loved their sense of creativity when it comes to creating things that are inspired by nature. And we met in New York a couple days after, 
and we decided to work together. So in preparation for my collection, which is coming out in the spring, we decided to transform the showroom here at Fall Market. I handpicked all my favorite curry pieces from the existing collection and everything has been hand-painted and kind of redone to my specifications. Um, and I used Botticelli, The Birth of Venus and Primavera as my inspiration for the space. And we've created a mystical goddess, domestic goddess space that is all about female empowerment, women in design. And it's all about combining this classical Italian Renaissance kind of vibe into a modern and fresh, fun space that people of all ages would enjoy. And that's where we are right now. And you nailed it. And you said something there that really, yeah, it's stunning. And if you guys have seen the images on Korean Company's Instagram, it doesn't do it justice. You really kind of need to see it and experience it and walk through it live and in person. And it does not help if you get a personal tour by (laughs) Sasha Bykoff. So there's something that you mentioned there I want to dig into, right? So your agents reached out to Korean Company. So that's really important. So I know some of the designers listening, okay, she had representation, Sasha Bykoff. For the uninitiated, for the listeners listening, to her, there might not be uh, many, there might be one or two, but we want to let them know a little bit about your background and a little bit about your work leading up into this representation to get the notice of Curry and Company to extend this amazing opportunity, right, which it is to have this kind of visibility and to have your new line coming out. So I've been in this business for seven years now. Prior to this, I was in the contemporary art world. I started out doing residential projects and my projects always have gained a lot of press and a lot of notoriety, more on like the local level in the New York City um, area in South Florida, um, around New York. But it wasn't until I did my installation at Kipps Bay which kind of really put me on the map on a national level. And the images from this show house and the work that I did went viral. People kind of fell in love with what I did. And that attracted a lot of brands and it attracted um, Donatella Versace. And it ultimately is what attracted Curry and Company. And the carpet, the wallpaper, everything, the paint colors, everything I had designed. And while I love doing my, you know, interior design work, my real passion is product design. And I come from a fine arts background. I'm a painter. I went to school for art history and fine arts. So the idea of creating something was really, really special for me. And, you know, I went to college in Paris and in Paris, I became obsessed with antiquing and antique dealers. And I would go to the Marche au Pousse every weekend. And I would kind of scavenge all of Europe for these amazing antique design pieces, teaching myself about the history of design. And when I became an interior designer, I would go out and I would try and find these pieces. And I would try and find what was rare. And Now with my new collection, I'm creating pieces that I can't find anywhere. And I'm creating pieces that are inspired by the past and have homage to different design eras, but a fresh new take on them. Okay, so let's dive in a little bit to the Kipps Bay thing. So we've had Corey Damon Jenkins on the podcast talking about show houses and how important they are for your career to get you more visibility. Was that a huge catalyst to bring you more opportunities or you're pretty much set before that? 100%. Like... The thing about show houses 
is not only in this industry do you have to give back to the community and do you do have to do charitable work and but also when it comes to a show house you're able to create whatever you want you're not working with a client and like just sprinkling your fairy dust on their vision and what they want you could come up with whatever you want in your wildest dreams and you have the opportunity to work with such great companies who also want to show off their product in your space so I've done three show houses. I've done two holiday houses and one Kips Bay. And they have all been so instrumental in my career. And those are images that I will have forever. I did a, a holiday house a couple years ago in Soho. And my room was called Rosé All Day. And it was an entirely pink room. And it was so wild. I had a taxidermy white peacock. I had, you know, this crazy deco Pierre Frey wallpaper all over everywhere. I had, it was all shades of pink. And when the Met Gala had their exhibition on camp, all these articles were written about me, about how I did camp before the Met Gala. Uh. And interiors have been doing camp like just as long as fashion. So it's so important to do show houses and show off what who you are as a designer who your brand is mm -hmm. and this reminds me a lot of a show house right because you have taken that liberty you have you have totally used your imagination to reinvent this and it's an it's a living installation with curry and company pieces and your vision with the botticelli and everything it's just it's really stunning and for me the listeners knowing is for me show houses are like christmas i'd rather do a show well, house. yeah i have a question about uh, the show house because of the designers that are listening are trying to be in your position and to get this. So did you approach the show house or did someone give you a ring and say, hey, we, we want you? How did, how did that happen? So I applied for Kips Bay one year and I didn't get in. And I was like super discouraged because I had designed this amazing portfolio in this uh, pink velvet box and I had wrote a whole statement letter and I didn't get in. And the next year, uh, the president of Kips Bay was like, you know, you should try out again this year. And I was upset, but I was like, listen, like, why would they want little old me? Like, I'm nothing compared to these other big time designers. The second year I got in and when you get into a show house, you're supposed to write down your three top rooms that you want to do and what you would do in the rooms and why you'd want to do. So obviously everyone picks the same rooms. Everyone picks the master bedroom, the living room and the dining room. No one wants to get stuck with, you know, a powder room and <laughs> kitchens never get photographed and no one wants to get stuck with like the basement or something with a low ceiling. So I was like, I picked the three best rooms, not thinking that everyone is going to want those rooms. So when it, when they gave everyone their rooms, it was like Bunny Williams and Jamie Drake, like all those big legendary designers that I look up to. They got the best rooms in the house and they gave me the staircase. And I was like, damn, what am I going to do with the staircase? Because in my mind, I was trying to create a nightclub on the Upper East Side, like a 70s club. And I was like, and later on, I heard that like all the judges were like, what is she trying to do here? <laughs> but I got the staircase and I was like, there's no room for furniture. The landings are so narrow. How am I going to make a splash with a staircase? I can't create a room in a staircase. So I immediately went to Kips Bay the next day. I was like, please, can I get in early? Like, I have to rethink everything I was going to do. And I walk in and Nazira, who's the head of Kips Bay, was like, 
she thought I guess I was going to come in with so much attitude because she's like dealing with all these personalities and like no one's happy with what they get. <laughs> and she was like, before you say anything, like you should be so thankful that you're here. I was like, oh no, I'm not complaining. Like I'm just, really? trying, to, I'm just trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And sure. she's like, okay, great. Like you're going to be fantastic at this. And I started walking up and down the stairs and I just like found myself dancing up and down the stairs and the idea came to me in eight minutes. And that's advice that I always give designers to stay true to what you believe in and when you have an idea and when you have a vision, go with it 100%. So I was like, F this, I am going to just do something crazy and I'm going to go for it. And as I was installing the space, everyone was like, what the hell is this girl doing? Like, I'm scared. I'm scared. And I was like, just kind of ignored like, don't everyone. Worry. And I was like, yeah. it's, you know, it's in my mind. I got, this. I got this. And it ended up being the biggest splash to ever happen to that show house. And everyone who thought I couldn't do it and everyone who was like shook by what I was doing while I was installing you know, I had the last laugh. I remember sure. that went viral. It that went was. viral. And you know what? Like my whole thing is that in this industry, you want to be different. Yes. And you want to make a splash. And there's so many designers that are doing the same thing. And if you want to be big here, because it's such a competitive industry, you have to do something different. And I've always considered myself kind of a disturbance to the industry. And I've always wanted to like bring life and happiness and joy into design. I never wanted to take anything too seriously. And that's been my goal this whole time. I love it. And can I, let me ask you how old you are because you you are so young to have achieved this. I'm 32. This 32. Okay, well, you look a lot younger, but still Thank that you. is very young Thank anyway. You. But I do remember seeing that. And I remember that being the most talked about aspect of Kips Bay. And I really hope that the listeners are paying close attention to Sasha right now. Now, be different, stand out, don't be afraid to be authentic and do something crazy because interior designers doing the same old every day is a dime a dozen. And now look yeah. where she's, she's at an installation at Korean and Company. And also when you're working with clients, like I haven't agreed with all of my client style, but I've always managed to incorporate my own vision and my own design beliefs within their aesthetic. And when a client want something that I don't agree with, I tell them. I tell them because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like this is your work and you want to be happy with it and you want to believe in it. And these are your images. This is the portfolio of your life over here. So you want to be happy with those images because you don't know where they're going to end up. They can go viral on Instagram. You can get clients. You can get business. You can get licensing deals out of it. They can you know, be in magazines. So you have to protect your image and your brand. So, you spend all that money on your shiny new website, but how do you know it's getting the job done and attracting real-life clients? Are your photos optimized? Are your backlinks bending over backward to work for you? Have you lost the keys to your keywords? If all of this is making your head spin, don't worry. Wingnut Social's SEO website audit will answer all these questions and more. In fact, here is what you get when you purchase. Two hours of consulting with an expert. A crawlability check for broken links. Site performance. Metadata checks. Metadata is what helps Google know where to rank your page. On-page SEO. Length, messaging, duplicate content, mobile audit headers. There's just so much to learn. Yeah, keywords and content suggestions. You'll get a list of keywords for you to target and content suggestions for targeting them. And of course, those backlink audits to make sure they're going to help you or yeah. hurt you. Are they helping or hurting you? 
You'll find out by going to wingnutsocial.com services and just check out the SEO website audit. It is a one-time fee and it's a tremendous value. Now back to the show. Let me ask you at this point in your career, are you only choosing jobs now that are have some kind of end photography result, something that would be representative? Are you that choosy yet? I Listen, if there's a client and they're spending a lot of money and they have a big <laughs> budget and they don't want to shoot their space, fine. You know, I'm fine with that. But I, yes, if it's like a mediocre job and a mediocre budget and they don't really want to shoot it, I'm not really interested because... I believe that my spaces should be enjoyed and should be viewed by everyone. I try and create inspiring interiors. And that's why I love doing commercial jobs because everyone can really enjoy a commercial space and be a part of the commercial space. Yeah, you definitely have a lot more reach on a commercial space for sure. I love it. Okay, so let's get back to the installation a little bit and then we'll talk about your new collection. So the installation, we were talking a little bit before the show on how long it took you and how much work it took you. And believe it or not, guys listening, Sasha is really hands-on. She actually put some sweat equity in, into this <laughs> job. So tell I'm us a little bit. I'm vacuuming all day here. Uh, <laughs> Sweeping up, vacuuming. So tell the listeners a little bit about how much work goes into this. It's not just something handed to you on a silver platter. It actually takes some elbow grease. Yeah. Well, first it's about getting your vision together, sourcing everything. I went through so many Pantone colors, so many paint chips. I always say strive for the Bentley. And if you have to go down to the Benz, that's okay too. I mean, it's also budgeting is a big part of it. We basically started this installation in the summer. I would say it was like in August and it took three weeks to put together. You know, it's different working in a place where you're not based out of. I've I've had to do a bunch of day trips down here, waking up at the crack of dawn. I've had to do a bunch of day trips to the factory in Atlanta. When I live in New York, I visit projects constantly and I'm like, you know, kind of sit in a space for a while and visualize everything. But with this, I uh, worked mostly off of renderings that I had made. Okay, that makes sense because of the distance yes. and the logistics of it. Yes. Is that is that normally your process just from one designer to another designer where you just kind of sit in the space and just kind of zone out and just totally. kind of let it fall? Yes. Okay, totally. good. So I'm not that crazy. Or maybe I am a little <laughs> crazy. Okay, and tell us, okay, so the exciting uh, penultimate announcement of this podcast is your new line coming out. Yes. Tell us all about it. So... My first like important license for me was to do lighting. I believe that lighting is the jewelry of the home. Yes. And I think that it's just so important how it illuminates a space. And I have a new collection coming out. It's very true to my aesthetic. It's going to be very 1980s Art Deco Revival, Miami Beach. But I have a big nature aspect to it as well. So... Curry is so good at creating like leaves and beautiful product that resembles nature, but mine is going to be more on the tropical side of things. So whereas this is a little bit more foresty, I'm Tropicalia. Has Don Johnson already been contracted to model for your new life? That's a really good idea. <laughs> it would be, right? You take me back to my childhood in the Let, 80s. Let's do it. And you I know, was raised in Miami, so I, that's really taking me back. And I'm all about like creating things of the moment, and the 80s are so back. And yeah. my generation loves that whole lifestyle, that whole Miami Vice, Scarface vibe. And so that's 
we're going to bring like so much fun and joy and color into the showroom. My pieces are super colorful. I'm excited. I cannot wait to see them. Yeah. I'm really excited. And I'm very happy to get to know you here today. So obviously we had to do a little bit of research on you and to see what we were getting into here with your, uh, your thing. And I hear your this, thing, your thing. It is her thing. You're so casual. That's my nature. She's tropical. I'm casual. What can I say? And I'm a wingnut. Go and ahead. You're a wingnut. But how did you make it from Milan to High Point, North Carolina? I mean, the transition, it was just what, a hop across a pond? I'm not, you know, how did this happen? So I have always wanted to come to High Point and I've been really intrigued about High Point, but I never really had the reason or the right platform to come here. And I love this industry and I feel like, you know, High Point is the center of our industry. It's the center of the American furniture world. And I wanted to come down here and make a splash, but it was only until Curry contacted me when it was kind of the right moment to come down here. And I've been loving it. I've been loving talking to everyone. I feel like I live in such a bubble in New York and the design scene in New York is not really like what the reality is in this country. And down here, you truly, truly get what this industry is. And you're meeting companies that are been so iconic in this industry for so long, vendors, you know, handcrafted American made products. And as an American, I am so happy to be here. And, you know, it's great working in Italy and it's great being in Milan and it is so fabulous. But I have to say, High Point feels so much more exotic to me right now. <laughs> I can imagine. So, Sasha, you were telling us when you were taking us on our little private uh, tour here about how empowerment of women was a really strong driving force for you behind the design of this installation. Can you tell us a little bit about that and why it's so important to you? Yeah. So when I first got into this industry, I kind of felt like this was a bit of a male driven industry. I mean, all of my interior designer friends were men. And then there were a few ladies here and there. And um, I found myself being the girl in the group. It was interesting because I am definitely a designer that is more on the feminine side with my interiors and I'm not afraid to decorate with flowers and birds and trees and all those beautiful things and pink is my favorite color which is like so obvious to everyone so in this installation amongst like all this kind of industrial furniture we see and Edison light bulbs and iron and reclaimed and salvaged wood I wanted to bring romanticism to high point I wanted to bring Italy to high point. And I wanted to kind of bring a sense of female empowerment with the most famous painting in the world, the birth of Venus. It really just like kind of exemplifies girl power in this industry. And you just like see all the ladies walking by here and they're so happy and taken aback by this installation. And also at the same time, like the men love it too, because there's something to be said about a woman's touch. And, um, (laughs) Yeah, that's what we have here. Yeah, I can vouch for that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to break in with a guest here who Karina <laughs> Jones is has a question because she is plugged in listening to this podcast. Karina. So Karina, ask your question. Wingnut producer extraordinaire. Hey, Sasha. I really want to know how you want people to feel walking through your space. Like, what was your vision when you planned this, when you brought it to life? Can you tell she's an interior designer? 
So I wanted people to first and foremost feel like they were transported to a different place. So I think that's the magic of interiors that through design and through color, we're able to make people feel like they're somewhere else. And I wanted to bring a sense of worldliness and intellect to High Point, which is why I incorporated the murals and why Botticelli was my inspiration. But I also wanted people to feel kind of a visceral reaction, like an all body reaction that would tap into their senses, whether it was touch and visuals, you know, everything you see is kind of crazier than the next thing. So that was, that was my intention for your eye to wander in awe around the space. Very successful too, I think I might add. Won't you think, Natalie? It's a terrific no, space. No, it, it looks great. It's amazing. It's like, I'm getting like a lesson here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Natalie's a farmer. She's an interior designer. I love gardening and farming. <laughs> I love farm animals. Oh, wow. I've, Donkeys, I actually, horse, I wanted dogs. to get like some rams in here Aww. or some like little sheep. Like real ones? Yeah, I wanted oh, that'd to be get cool. real animals I don't know how it would smell though. I know. Now, Sasha Bykoff, I have to ask you if you're ready for the What Up Wingnut round. Now it's time for What Up Wingnut. Wingnut. I'm ready. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Sasha Bykoff, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be and why? A palm tree Ooh. because I'm tropical. That makes sense. Now, Miami would, Vice line. Yeah, Hello. Well, so can we say your design style is tropical? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Well, okay. All right. Hey, there you I'm go. I'm just saying. I wanted to know, and I've been wanting to ask her, and you cut me off. With I'm the sorry. Listen, you got to be aggressive. You got to get but I'm in listening. there. I'm just listening. I was, you know, involved. <laughs> what would the hashtag on your tombstone be? Hashtag nature girl. That is my hashtag, nature girl. Oh, perfect. And if you could have only one superpower, what would it be and why? If I could have one superpower, it would be to teleport. Oh, that's a good one. I love that one. Did you so, ever see that movie Jumpers with no. Hayden Christensen? Oh, you got to see I that. I got to see that. Yes. But I, you know, sometimes when I'm in bed and I'm like fantasizing about being somewhere else or I'm kind of in my own creative world and I just like wish I could teleport to the Sistine Chapel ah. or something or a chateau in the south of France. That's what I would love. And how helpful would that have been here? Working on this. It would have been really helpful. It would have <laughs> saved me, like, you know, waking up at 4 a.m. to come down to High Point, North Carolina. So practical and amazing at yes. the same time. And last but not least, do you have a book that you could recommend to the audience listening that has had a profound impact on you, either personally or professionally? Honestly, no judges with Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I haven't read that yet. Ladies, or seen the movie. Ladies, we all know. <laughs> Sasha Bykoff, thank you so much for joining us on the Wingnut Social Podcast. Please tell the uh, listeners listening to you where they can find more about you and your work. So they, you guys can find me at www.sashabykoff.com and on my Instagram at Sasha Bykoff. And um, you can see all my work there. And then, you know, if you check out the pages of all of our wonderful magazine publications, you can find me there too, oftentimes. So I'm around. Yeah. And you guys, she really desperately needs Instagram followers, right? How many do you have now? I think I have like 55,000. Yeah. So it's so, so sad. Please go and lend, her, lend her a hand. All real. We're real here. <laughs> we don't buy our followers. Thank you again. Thank, Thank you. you so much for joining Thank us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Darla, exactly how impressive is Sasha Bykoff? She's really impressive. She's a force of nature. She just has that unknown variable about her, that star quality. And she's only, like I said earlier in the intro, she's, she's only, a baby. She's a baby. She's a, 
I'm not even going to call her baby designer. She's only 32, but what a tremendous career she's had already and has ahead of her. Goodness gracious. She really spoke to empowering women. Oh. That was a huge thing for her, the empowerment of women. And it, you know, we sat in her space and and got to do this interview. And and that was absolutely amazing because you got to see that side of her, but then the side that she expressed on on the podcast as well. She is down to earth. I really loved how retro she was. She spoke to my 80s childhood with Miami Vice. And yes, she loves <laughs> Miami Vice. And, you know, that has to hit home a little bit, seeing how we are in Miami. We're, so you guys were like nerding it about Miami Vice. So and it I'm was old, all good. I'm old enough to actually remember when it was on TV and Don Johnson. He's still hot, by the way, but he was hotter then <laughs> Crockett and Tubbs in the house. And I'm really looking forward to seeing her new line that she has coming out. So you guys be sure to go check that out and on her website and on her Instagram. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever the hell you're listening to this on. Follow us on social at Wingnut Social. Give us a call at 1-877-WINGNUT if you want us to manage your social media, because let me tell you, it's a pain in the ass and very time consuming, but we're happy to do it for you. <laughs> and I think that's it for today for this bonus Friday episode. Nat, you got anything else? Nope. So long. See ya. You've reached the end of this episode of Wingnut Social, but that's only your first step. Be sure to head to wingnutsocial.com to reach out to us directly and schedule your free consultation with one of our Wingnut Social Media Specialists to take your business from social mediocre to social media master. We'll see you on the next episode of Wingnut Social, your social media tightly fastened. You may hate me, but it ain't no lie, baby. Bye, bye, bye. You guys do the dance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really a Mariah singer. North Carolina, go on and raise up. Take your shirt off. Just around your head like a helicopter. <laughs> oh, so, so, Good boy, Mango.